This is what I've been saying, the three L's, listen, learn, and lead. The advisors that do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. An infrastructure, money movement, security. security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller. Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Tyrone Ross. All right, welcome back to a very special episode of the On Purpose podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross. This is the elite, young millennial and Gen Z edition of the program. I have two of the best in the business, Thomas Kopelman and Trayton DeVore of All Street. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing well. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, Absolutely. doing great. Awesome. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is your show. So I'm, I'm hoping y'all bring me into your audience. I want to be a hit with your, you know what I mean, your demo. Perfect. <laughs> of course. We already got time once. <laughs> yeah. So again, a lot of ways to start this conversation. I was just on your podcast. Thank you for having me in 2022. That's what happens, right? You exchange pod interviews. So I'm really excited to interview you two gentlemen for a couple of reasons. One, because I truly believe for all of the talk of next gen in financial services. It's just a buzzword, but you all are truly where the space is going. The data shows it, but more importantly, with the work that you all are putting in, from what I see on LinkedIn, the Twitter, the Instagram, you're really putting in the work. The other part of it is you are embracing crypto, right? Not punch drunk crypto hippie like I am for the last seven years, but embracing it as a change, a change in a lot of different things that I think you all are willing to embrace. And prior to having this conversation with you all, I was just having a conversation prior about there are a particular group in uh, wealth management that just aren't going to let go of the steering wheel here. They're going to crash, but we'll, we'll, we'll end it there. And lastly, because I want you all to talk about what you're doing, how you're doing it. And again, just make this a really awesome commercial for your practices and how you look at that. So let's start here with an introduction, right? Thomas, you can go and, and Trayton as well. Give your background, how you got here, and let's kind of dig in from there. Yeah. So I feel like for me, it kind of goes back to growing up. I, I was a basketball player. My whole life was going to be, I'm going to go play in college, which I did, and then go play professionally. Ended up getting hurt, realizing that this is what, isn't what I really wanted to do. And I did internships kind of in every area and realized that like working in big corporate life was not something where I could have an impact and it wasn't very motivating to me. So when I was growing up, I had like a training business for young kids with basketball. So I got paid to help them become better at basketball. In college, I basically did the same thing, but with personal training. And so I knew I wanted to do something where I had direct impact and can help people accomplish their goals. I just didn't think, you know, training was the best route. And so Financial advising kind of fell in my lap. I started, you know, similar to you, you know, cold calling, broker dealer life, selling products, that kind of stuff. And I knew right away that this was just not the right way to serve millennials. Like they, they tried to tell me it was, hey, you know, go to wedding, come back with 12 leads, tell them why they need permanent life insurance. And I was like, I see that these people need help, 
but mm-hmm. the industry and these areas have no true way to help them. And the only way that you can get paid is based on insurance products. So I knew I wanted to leave there really quickly and ended up Tyrone, like how we met is because I ended up going to work with Justin Castelli. He's honestly one of the best people in the world. One of the best financial advisors I've no ever doubt. met. No and doubt. he really helped show me the way of here's how you build through content. Here's how you educate people. And here's how you are able to serve and work with millennials. So I got to see how he did it, but that still wasn't his whole business. So I was, here's what Justin's doing. Here's how I can refine it to maybe be more designed for people in their late twenties to early forties, you know, more meetings, less talking about investments, more with life changes, helping people just make smart decisions with their money. Because I think one of the biggest things you see with millennials is that they just don't feel sure about what they're doing. Like our parents don't know how to help. They didn't Mm -hmm. go through the same things that we did. And now we're facing all of these financial decisions as well as going through all these different life stages and trying to make changes as those go along. And so they're hungry for financial advice. They just don't necessarily know who to go with. And my goal is how do I help people make sure that they're making the right financial decision for them at every stage of life? What that looks like is it's not, you know, once a year meetings, here's the plan for the year, go do it. It's accountability meetings. It's meeting when you get a new job. It's meeting when you're about to get married. It's, Hey, now I need a new car. What does that look like? Or, Hey, you know, interest rates just went up. We're looking for a house. Does that change what we have to do? These are all big decisions that people have to make and they don't know who to turn to for help which is why we really created All Street Wealth is like to be that person that helps you feel confident in the decisions you're making. And really, it's not like a, hey, we tell you what to do. It's more of a, here's the information. Here's what could be good about each route that you take, fully empowering people to take the steps that are right for them, not just you know the traditional steps that a financial advisor would tell you you have to do. Yeah. And I mean, I had like a pretty similar kind of like come up story. Like I grew up playing every sport and ended up playing college baseball at a small school here in Kansas. And then I, I just quickly realized that I wasn't good enough to play MLB whatsoever. So it was just like kind of going through the motions and trying to figure out like what I was going to do with my career. And then between my junior and senior year of college, I took a door-to-door sales job down in Miami, Florida. And I surprisingly loved it. Like just just the idea of like being able to control your own income and like building trust like quickly with people and like trying to make a sale and just like all that sort of stuff mirrored the athlete journey a little bit. Like it's a competition with yourself and you're just trying to get better like door after door. So I just really like that aspect of it. But I was a finance and marketing major and I wasn't like passionate about like what we were selling at all. It was smart home, home security system sort of stuff. But then when I came back from my senior year, I just started Googling financial sales jobs, found financial advisor pretty quick, then just started applying to places and found out that Edward Jones did door-to-door sales as like one of their main business development things. So I thought that was going to be perfect. I basically just got turned down from a bunch of places because I didn't have a network of like rich friends to work with. And that didn't even make sense to me because that's not who I was planning to work with at all. Like I was going to serve recent graduates and young professionals because I just had the belief that one, I was going to serve the people who actually need the help. And like, I'm going through the same problems that they are. And then I also just like, didn't understand why that was such a problem. And I didn't know like what the whole financial advice industry looked like in general. But then when I found out that like my idea for it wasn't what the industry really does as far as like actual advice instead of investment management goes. Then I kind of went down the rabbit hole of like trying to figure out how to start my own firm and like found a blog from Sophia Barra and like how to start an RIA with $12,000. And I was like, I can definitely save that like through my job. So spent 
two years doing that, like self-studied through a lot of kits. This is website, got my 65 and then started peer tree in 2020 and then transitioned into bringing Thomas on as a partner. And then we have all street wealth now. Love it. Past six, seven months. Love it. Yeah. You, and we're going to talk about that, about the strategy and what you guys are doing, but you mentioned a couple of things that just kind of stick out to me. One is Again, and no disrespect to nobody else. And I put this on Twitter and it was a whole bunch, not necessarily smoke, but it was like people in the comments. I'm an athlete. I just feel like athletes kill it in business if given the opportunity. No disrespect to veterans and every, but athletes are just another breed. It's just another breed. You get athletes and especially those that are single sport athletes, like a track athlete or tennis yeah. or gymnast. It's just another level of mental sickness, right? Where we're obsessive. Yeah, you just go and you're regimented and you're used to failing repeatedly for a little bit of success. So that drive to keep going, I don't know. It's just, it's outsized to me and it's just, it's a huge advantage. The other thing is what I love about you both are doing is it's literally from the ground up, right? It wasn't walking into like me, we walked into Merrill Lynch and got that baptism first. It was like, oh my goodness, is this what the industry is? And similar to you, Trayton, right? They gave me that list. Write down 20 people you know with $250,000. I slid it right back. This was easy. <laughs> Nobody. Like, literally, I was like, I don't even need to. We don't even need to waste our time with this. I failed the personality exam. <laughs> like, it was bad. I had to beg for a job because I just wasn't there. Like, you're not going to be a good advisor. I'm like, oh, probably, probably not. But I'm going <laughs> to outwork everybody here. So that's kind of how I got my shot. So let's talk about what you guys are doing. Talk about the firm. And then we'll, we'll kind of bleed that into how you, you know, are bracing crypto and it's impossible not to with the audience and the folks that you are going after. So, Trayton, I'll start with you. Talk a little bit about the ethos of the firm and the mission and the value and what kind of steered the path there into crypto hippiness. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, like we from day one were very intentional about like building the brand and who we were going to serve and like the messaging and everything because like. I mean, it came through with just like naming the firm first because originally it was like peer tree planning and that was, it didn't really have like any meaning to it. So then when we were going to rebrand and just kind of relaunch the firm came up with all street wealth because our goal was to kind of just be the opposite of wall street, like serve the people who wall street isn't serving. So that was kind of like the initial idea for it. And that just like Cause we didn't want to be like the millennial financial advisor. Cause there's already stuff out there like that. And people don't always like have the right assumption of like what a millennial is. So we kind of like tailored the messaging more towards like our generation. Like you're going to see us through content. You know who we are, you know, we're young. It's just like financial planning for young people is kind of like more the idea for it. And then, I mean, like we're so focused on like providing, which I hate using the word, but just like comprehensive financial advice. Like it's not just investment management. It starts with like going through their goals and values and going through cash flow and just like their whole financial picture, which is now a lot more common over the past couple of years as more RIAs are popping up. But like most people don't know about the RIA world and don't know that like financial advice as a service is a thing instead of just oh, I need to have $250,000, $500,000 to even talk with an advisor and to get any help from them. And it's just like, 
that's not the approach that we're taking to it whatsoever. It's more like hands-on financial advice. And like Thomas was talking before the accountability. So we've just been very, very intentional with the branding and with the messaging, like this is who we serve. This is exactly what we do. And if we're not the right fit for you, like we know several advisors who maybe fit the older clients better, or they just have a different kind of niche, like medical professionals or something like that, that it's like, yeah, this doesn't fall into our scope. So we're just going to refer you out to these people. And with having just an abundance mindset, it's not really anything off our back to send something to a better fit because that's just what we believe in. I think that's been our goal from day one is, you know, I think people talk about having a niche, but then they take anybody anyways. And for us, we're fully aware that like we are designed, we have a process, everything is designed to help in their late 20s to early 40s. So if we get people who are in their 50s, we're sending them to somebody different because it just doesn't make sense for us to try to fit you into the mold that isn't necessarily right for you. But I think like trade hit on a couple of things. Like one, we fully understand that accountability is almost the most important thing for these young people. So we've integrated accountability meetings. So deadline for you to get work done, deadline for us to get work done, everything else we do together in that meeting because Everybody says like that statistic of 30% of client recommendations get implemented and every advisor blames the client, but it's like, they're hiring you to make sure things get done. If they're not, that fully falls on you. And so I've been using these accountability meetings for two and a half years and every single action item on all my clients' plans get implemented. And so it's like, why would we ever change and, and go away from that? And then on the crypto side, it's like, one, why would we not start to learn and talk about crypto when it's brand new? All of our young clients are already pretty much investing in it and want help on it. They don't necessarily want us to tell them what to invest in. Mm-hmm. They just want to figure out how to plan around that, which is what we want to help to do. And it's just like kind of a first mover opportunity for us. Of We're young already. Everybody wants to talk about it. Why would we not try to take over this kind of space first before other advisors get in? And I get that some advisors don't believe in it, but that doesn't mean that you don't learn about it. Like, I don't want to have rental properties. I don't like, I think that sounds terrible. But am I going to help my clients do it? Of course, because that's something that they want to do. So I hate when the advisors use the excuse of like, well, it's too speculative or this isn't going to happen. It's like, well, you still have to understand how it relates to financial planning, how to think about it. When are they going to use it for the future? What tax opportunities they have? They're already investing in it. Like, should they be using a Roth IRA for some of these crypto assets? And some people say yes, some people say no, but I think too many advisors have biases and they lead with their biases versus lead with what matters to the client and figure out how to help them with the things that they're already doing. Join us at Coindesk's Consensus 2022. The festival for the decentralized world is happening this June 9th through the 12th in Austin, Texas. This is the largest and longest running event showcasing and celebrating all sides of the blockchain, crypto ecosystems, Web3 and the metaverse. It's designed for crypto newbies, investors, entrepreneurs, developers, and creators. Use the code ONPURPOSE15 to get 15% off your pass. Visit coindesk.com forward slash consensus 2022. Yep. Well, if you're going to dive in on the deep end in crypto, I'm going with you. So let's start there. What you just said, again, this should be the, the viral headline of this podcast. I've been saying for years. My clients who were your age years ago, this is going back to 16, 17, millions of dollars crypto. They didn't care about what I thought about crypto. They didn't care. They just knew, oh, you own it too. You like it, whatever. I don't, don't keep your opinions on my portfolio, but should I borrow against my Bitcoin to pay down student loans? I'm having a baby. 
right? I want to buy a house, right? It was, don't touch my crypto. You're not going to bill on it, right? Like, don't care that you, you know, that I own whatever, Dogecoin and you don't like it. Didn't matter to them. It was just simply, I want advice. I want an advisor who understands that this is how I made my money, right? And supposedly you are the wizard on helping people achieve their financial goals. Why should this be any different? And I tell advisors this all the time when I go and speak is, whether it's cow hooves, right? A rental property or Bitcoin. If a client, if that's how they've accumulated their wealth, then as an advisor, you help them manage that. This is the shift that is going on here. What I also find fascinating and also very funny is that folks are calling the oldest millennials now kids. They're 40, right? They're, they're around my age, right? I just missed it. But it's one of those things where there's just so much misalignment that I think you both are squarely in the middle of. So two things as we transition. I was just, as everyone knows now, because financial media picked it up, I was just a dynasty. And I, had, I spent the day at dynasty talking to the folks there. And one of the women told me, she, one, her niece does yoga on YouTube. She makes $5 million oh a gosh. year on YouTube doing yoga. What advisor's going after her, right? Like who's serving her? Wouldn't even know where to find her. I feel like that's someone that would find you all because of where you market and how you market. So let's talk about that and also how crypto plays into that. Because if you look at some of the demographics of where folks are getting advice, right? Those that are your age or they're looking for advice and getting advice from social media right? to the tune of 5 billion hits, right? On the hashtag of personal finance and TikTok. So talk a little bit about that and kind of how, you know, crypto assets and the whole crypto ecosystem plays a role in that. I think Trey and I, we first met and the reason why we joined together is because we believe that getting clients was a thing about attracting the right type of people. And the way to do that was social media. It wasn't weddings, networking events, et cetera. And I tweet about this. I had an advisor who reached out to me and said, hey, you talk way too much about finance on Twitter. This is for networking. And I said, I just have a different goal out of this than you. He said, fine, I'll unfollow that. And I was like, okay, great. Like, whatever, if that's how you feel. For us, like, if you think of LinkedIn is like, great, but it's kind of fake. And Twitter is like, I think people with crypto, equity comp, young people, like that is where they're going to learn. Like, I want to learn about, what other people are investing in crypto, what they're thinking about, tax implications, all of that stuff. And so recently we both like really dove into Twitter as our tool. And our goal is not to be like, hey, come work with us because of this, this, and this. Like we don't try to sell. All we do is put out educational information. So it's anything that relates to the life of millennials, whether it's I have to do with cash flow or insurances or crypto or what's taxed or how you're taxed or, you know, the million, like how to use different accounts, how to invest, how to plan for the future. All we do is just keep putting out educational content on there. And our goal has been, how do we, like, if we do this consistently and educate people, well, then we realize that down the line when they hit their pain point, because financial advising isn't like selling a t-shirt. Like it's not somebody goes, they see a cool t-shirt, they buy it. It's, oh, you know, Thomas talked about that. Great. But that doesn't really matter to me yet. But a year down the line, when I realized that like, oh, I do need to buy a house. I'm short on the down payment I want. I, have, I could borrow from crypto. I could sell from crypto. You know, I have cash reserves. I pull from my emergency fund. Oh, Thomas has been talking about these type of things for a while. I'm going to go reach out to the one advisor who all they've really done is educate me and never ask for anything in return because every other advisor they know has been trying to sell them permanent life insurance since they, the day they've, they've been out of college realistically. And so, I mean, I've been doing that. This is what Justin, his advice to me was just do it this way, build upon it. And I've been doing it for two years now. And I probably average nine inbound leads a month, all wow. just because of content. I don't ask for anything. I don't get clients any other way besides referrals and inbound through content. And it's just because we're meeting people where they're at and trying to answer the questions that every other millennial is talking to us about as is. And if somebody's asking the question, 
I bet a million other people are wondering what the answer to that question is. And so why not, as I learn and I hear these questions, just share those answers with everybody else and hope that long-term that generates them to come to our firm and want to work with us. I have a VUL. I sold myself at Merrill Lynch. I have to get myself out of <laughs> and yeah. paid a good commission. There you go. <laughs> I think you made a good point with the yoga person on YouTube. And like, I see like that exact same thing because I mean, like I kind of grew up like creative, like doing a little creator stuff. Like when I was like 12, I made like Call of Duty, like montage videos, put those on YouTube, just like all that sort of stuff as I was growing up. And like, Back then, that wasn't a thing, being a creator, making a career off YouTube. I just enjoyed doing it at the time. And then like, as I was going through college, I found Gary Vee and like all of his content stuff and just fell in love with that and knew like that I could somehow grow some sort of business around content. At the time, I didn't know what it was going to be. And then eventually found out it was going to be like financial education content, building a financial service business around that. When I first started the firm in 2020, like I was kind of struggling a little bit. Like I didn't really know who I was marketing to. I knew it was recent graduates, but I didn't know like all of their pain points or like why they would need to work with an advisor, like ongoing and all that sort of stuff. And I was just kind of like struggling to get traction. And I started doing freelance writing and stuff on the side for myself. And then I just fell in love with like the whole idea of freelancing and the creator economy and like working mm. for yourself. Mm. And then I realized that freelancers and that sort of stuff is basically just creative small business owners and then figured out there was a lot of planning opportunities around that space in itself. I started just kind of playing the long game with it. Shout out to Thomas's podcast and started building a media brand around creator financial education. And that's creator bread. I mean, like writing blog posts around like finances for creators, finances for freelancers, like business stuff, all that sort of stuff. At the time, I didn't see how I was going to like market towards this demographic without like shutting out everyone else, especially like as Thomas was coming on. So I'm like, well, we're not all going to work with the exact same clients. So I wanted to build kind of like a separate brand that could be education and then eventually like lead back to lead generation for all street because people are just going to get familiar with who i am and like what i do and if they need the ongoing help then that's me as a financial advisor for all street but building the brand through creator bread as well to like give people the education they need i mean with the great resignation everything so many people are going freelance and independent like doing stuff on the side trying to build their own careers and there's really not much like good financial advice and education around that sort of stuff so definitely have leaned into like that creator economy niche sort of thing. All right. So as we come to the end here, cause I know you gentlemen have a ton to do and it's 80 degrees in San Diego and I need to spend the day outside. A <laughs> um, <laughs> couple of things before we go. So one is I know you, you know, Trayton, you have the CDA design, uh, cert Thomas and I about to dive in soon. Excited for that. So just yeah. really quickly one, like where are you guys getting your crypto information like, how does it look like in terms of integration in your practice right now? And then I want to end with, obviously, you guys got to give the commercial of where to find you, all the socials, all the handles and all of that. But talk about crypto now really, you know, really quickly in its place in your practice, where you get educated, what you're doing and how it works in a practice at the moment. Yeah, I would say for me, it's just like I am a nonstop learner. So I'm always like podcast, Twitter, reading any blog or anything I can. And I just talk to a lot of people like Adam, the CDA, like we've talked tons of times like, hey, I got a question on stable coins. Like, let's reach out to him and see what he says. 
people either have really strong or really like, or they really hate certain things about crypto. And so I'm trying to get viewpoints from every side. But I think in our practice, our goal is not to manage people's crypto. Like, I think there are some clients that we have that are not involved and it'd be great to have, you know, a 5% allocation of Bitcoin inside their model portfolios. We're not there yet. Not really what we do. We also don't really want to be charging people to buy and hold long-term coins that they believe in. Like, I just don't think that's the right way to do it. So we have them share the information with us. We see what's going on. We view like, Hey, when are opportunities to sell? If ever, like, I I mean, you might want to hold long-term and just view of like, Hey, you know, what are the tax implications of this year? Cause there's like all of the misconceptions. People think, Hey, if I swap this coin now, we don't have tax or, you know, there's just all of these small parts of crypto taxes that they don't understand. So it's one of the easiest ways for us to add value is just educating them on it, helping them find the right CPAs at, at the right time. Unlike half the crypto community who's asking for CPAs right now, eight days before the deadline. And it's just really like, how do you view crypto as a part of your portfolio in your life? The same as any other investments versus I think some people just say, hey, let's ignore it and plan that it's probably going to go to zero, like gambling. I, I, I mean, we believe in it more than that. We're also not like, hey, you only have to have 5% because I think financial advisors follow these guidelines of like what's fair risk-wise. And like, you're going to lose all of these people by telling them, hey, like 50% of your net worth is in Bitcoin. You have to go get rid of that because that's bad. Our job is to educate you on why that could be good, why that could be bad. So you feel empowered to either stick with it, sell whatever, because that's going to help you accomplish your financial goals. Not just looking at what textbooks say you should do based on the last hundred years of holding any concentration. Yeah, it's just been leading a lot with education. Like we presented to, um, it was like a couple different communities, but the main one, it was like metaversity. And we were going in there talking about one, like traditional financial planning, like hit on that for like 20 minutes, just kind of like the core stuff that young professionals need to know. And then we hit on like more tax planning stuff around crypto. And I think making people aware of like what they need to know around the intersection of like personal finance and crypto is huge. Advisors are going to have to learn one, like how to provide advice around a portfolio without having to be the one like hands-on managing it. And then two, just like being accepting and like empathetic of younger clients who part of their assets are kind of like tied to their identity a little bit. It's like, if I believe in Bitcoin and the narrative and I have 75% of my net worth and this 50, 60 year old guy's telling me I need to sell all of it because it's too risky. And then from a younger person's perspective, it's like, well, the stock market looks risky. The whole economy, the whole world looks risky. Like how is this one asset any riskier than anything else? So I think it's just like leading with education and empathy and like understanding where people are coming from on the crypto side. And I think there's a misconception too, that like, if you have wealth, you're good with money, but like being a good investor and being good with money are two completely different skill sets. So there's all these people with tons of money from crypto that they've done well with. That doesn't mean they understand anything about financial planning. And when we go talk to people about, hey, why don't you talk about crypto taxes? Or why don't you talk about this with crypto? It's like, great, but we're going to start with the education on good, sound financial planning first, because we know that is an area that gets overlooked. And it was funny, we were in that metaversity group and like, they all call themselves degenerates and they all understand that they like, don't know any of these other things about finance and they need help. And, you know, I think, I think people assume like, hey, they made this money. They're going to be arrogant, all this stuff. Like everybody in there was like, this was so helpful. This is the information we need. We want to learn about this more. Like we're going to have you back again because people don't understand this financial planning side. They just understand that they're doing this with crypto and NFTs, which is cool. But 
not all of them actually think this is like a sound fire way to build their wealth and make sure they hit all their goals. So we just think that's such an important intersection between the two that has to be talked about. Love it. Um, again, this is why I, I'm truly, like I said, so excited for what you both are doing. I think is what the space needs. I'm enamored by how you guys are going about it. And if I found some of these older advisors, I'd be a little panicked because all their kids are going to come <laughs> work with you all. So on the way out, where do folks find you? Run us through it. All of the socials, the handles, let's do it. Yeah, I would say allstreetwealth.com is our like company website. We every single month have a new guide that you can download. Last month was our free tax guide. This month is a guide to insurance. Next month is going to be a guide to setting up an automated financial system. We want to get people's emails, be able to send all these out, but also add a ton of value. Other than that, I'm on Twitter at T. Copelman. That's probably my best place. I doubt that many people on here in top places, LinkedIn. If you want to find me there, I'm Thomas Copelman and Instagram TK Copelman. But those are the best sources. And then if you want to go check out our podcast with Tyrone before and we actually have Nick Mijulian. It'll probably be before this one comes out. It's called the Long Game Podcast. Yeah, my best place is definitely Twitter, and that's at Trayton Rights, and then personal websites TraytonAvore.com. Those are my two best. Perfect. I'm at TR401. If anybody cares, <laughs> um, <laughs> I appreciate you, gentlemen, so much. It's my turn. So again, of course, you guys know what's coming June 9th through 12th. We are in Austin. We are turning up crypto and Waffle House. When I touch down. <laughs> consensus is happening going to be a really good time also crypto for advisors newsletter if you don't already sign up for that we got to get these two gentlemen part of the financial advisor board that so many others are part of the coin desk so i will follow up with you gentlemen on that and of course you guys know if you found any value in this episode help me help all street all of us cure child hunger in this country go over to nokidhungry.org Make a donation to help feed a hungry child. I would appreciate you all so much. Gentlemen, thank you for this. It's been fantastic. And um, I will see you on Twitter in about 30 seconds. <laughs> appreciate you having us on. Appreciate y'all. You're listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross and guests Thomas Copeland and Trayton DeVore. Today's show is produced, edited, and announced by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, on purpose, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening.